Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 80, Who Can You Trust? Recorded January 2nd, 2012. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. This week, we're going to uh, answer... I don't know if we're going to answer any questions. We're going to ask a lot of questions. Uh, and one of the ones that we're going to ask is, who can you trust? you got all these people, uh, if you're a tech person like us, uh, telling you how to do your job. Who should you listen to? Anyone? None of them? I don't know. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, let me introduce you to my favorite co-host of the show, my only co-host of the show, Mr. <laughs> Sean Keibel. Hey, Sean. Hey, I appreciate that. If uh, if there were co-host awards for this show, I'd win it. That's right. You look well-rested <laughs> after such a hard day at work today. Yeah, it was it was rough. I did a lot of laundry today. <laughs> so I, know, however, it, went back to work today. Yeah, I, you know, I, it kind of surprised me when I looked at the schedule, uh, at my work schedule, and saw that we got this day off as well. And then I've had people kind of on both sides of that. Well, yeah, because the new year fell on the weekend, so you are supposed to get the next day off. I don't know how that logic works, but Well, that's okay. the way the government's doing it. Mail didn't run today. Uh, post offices were closed. Uh, government offices were closed. This is, the, this is New Year's Day observed. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, it is for my district too then. So, uh, I, you know, uh, who am I to complain? Of course, it's hard for me to whine about having to go back to work a day early when I took 10 freaking day, no, 10 work days, like 15 total days off. Right. Right. It's great to work in education. <laughs> you know, that's one of the few perks is you get some time off. Of course, yeah. as I'm often quick to point out is, uh, their unpaid time off. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to say one of the things that I've talked about on this show a couple of times already uh, that I did over my break was build a smoker, and I told you that I'd put those plans online, and they are online. Go to the elementop.com forums, and you can find uh, a cut list, a parts list, a schematic diagram, and then pictures of my finished product. Yeah, I, uh, I got a chance to see it live, and th that thing's pretty cool. It it's just what you need. I mean... If you if you're gonna have like maybe some family over or something, you need to do more than just a ham or or just a rack of ribs or something. If you need to do you know enough to feed you know probably what twenty or thirty people, you could fit in there easily. Easily, yeah. So yeah, great little smoker. I was talking with a coworker today, Kevin uh, Weaver, who's been on the show a couple of times, and he's a barbecue aficionado as well. And I was telling about it, and I, I showed him the pictures, and uh, he got really mad at me. He said I ruined it. He said I was a disgrace to barbecue because uh, you don't have to sit out there smoke, uh, tending the fire all night long. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, oh. You don't have to smell like smoke. You don't have to burn your fingers. You don't have to keep loading wood up. He said I just ruined it. I took all the the art out of smoking and turned it into a science where you flip a switch and and set a temperature. And uh, he, in fact, he got so mad at me, he stormed out of the room. Huh. Well, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from because that's part of it, right? When you, you deliver this, you know, beautifully smoked ham or something like that to whatever family event you've got going on. Uh, that's, that's part of what you get to do is complain about, oh, I was up all night throwing wood on the smoker, watching the temperature, you know. Uh, that's, that's still the way I do it. Right. But once I saw your rig, I'm... I'm <laughs> That that will be the last time I do it that way. I'm gonna get a setup like yours. He said he said I went and made it efficient and effective, and you don't have to ostracize yourself from your family, and nobody's gonna tell you you stink because you've been out in the smoke all day. And uh, he was just uh, uh, I was a traitor to the barbecuing world to him. <laughs> well, that's all right. You ever see the? They have them on on. Uh, 
I, I want to say cable, but you know, whatever satellite, whatever. Uh, they have the shows where they they do the smoking competitions, you know. Oh yeah. And barbecue competitions. Those people have that thing so rigged up. I mean, it's not even funny. There's really not a whole lot of art to it once you get that technical. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you, what's what's the point? It's all isn't it like the end justifies the means in that situation? Well, I don't know. That's that's uh, situational ethics right there. I don't know if I can endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, he was being uh, tongue in cheek about it. But uh, um, if you too want to be a traitor to the barbecue world, the plans are online at lmnop.com, and you can build it yourself. I told you what to buy and how much you can expect it to cost, and what cuts to make, and what uh, screws to put where, and and uh, uh, you should be able to do exactly like I did. If, if you can put together a piece of Ikea furniture, you can put this thing together. Awesome. So uh, your heart got broke this week, and uh, I understand it. Well, you know, I'm not willing to go that far because heartbreak uh, implies that it was unexpected uh, in some way. <laughs> but I just want to so go So you're on, realistic then. That's right. I want to go on record as saying that I still love my Cowboys, uh, even though they played like a high school team for half a game. They played half a good game, but uh, when you have laid down and let people walk on you for the first half, it's just not enough. Uh, so um, we'll just chalk this up to a rebuilding year. What did they finish at? Eight and eight, I think it was, uh, for the year? Uh, yeah, something like uh, that. So, yeah, you know, it's a, um, a middle or, and, and what's crazy uh, is they were duking it out to win a division with a terrible record against another team with a terrible record. And basically they were fighting to be the first people out in the playoffs. Let's face it. The Giants yeah. aren't going to make it past uh, the first round. The Cowboys wouldn't have made it past the first round. So it was a mercy killing, really. Well, uh, that, that's a perfect uh, segue into uh, to my team, which also is 8-8 eight and eight and somehow managed to win their division. <laughs> That's the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And, uh, and they too are are going to be lambs to the slaughter, to the holy oh, slaughter. Oh yes. Though. Yes. I'm not even I'm not even uh looking forward to that one. They have to play Pittsburgh in the first round and it's going to be ugly. I mean, it's just going to be ugly. So And right I don't now, know, of course, maybe, this, this is Monday, so it's there's still 7 days to go, but the line right now is Pittsburgh by 8. I would take the under on that every day because Pittsburgh is going to clobber them by by 25, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I figure Pittsburgh's going to win that game by 17 points, roughly. Because after, I mean, after a certain point, they'll start pulling players, not really, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. trying to run out clock and stuff like that. So once they get up a certain amount, then uh, then it'll kind of slow down. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe the Cowboys got off easy. You know, yeah. they don't have to go out there and, and go through all that because as cool as it is that my team is making it into the playoffs, uh, old Tebow is going to have to sidle up a little closer to God to get any further. Than that. Did you? Yesterday was really the first time I had a chance to watch Tebow play because they they don't they don't make it in the Dallas market very often, and I don't right. have any expensive packets. Uh, I think they've only been on the the Dallas market once this year, aside from yesterday, and I didn't see that game. Oh, he wasn't playing actually. That's what it was. So it was my really the first chance I got to see Tebow play, and. Um, Kid's got talent, but he is so raw. I mean, he doesn't know how to read a defense. He doesn't know how to call out of a a, a, a a bad 
play by by telling what the defense is going to do. There's obvious blitz. There's five guys running at him from the left, and the play is for a run to the left, and he goes ahead and calls it. Uh, you know, and it's uh, he's going to be awesome, but he's he's very much a rookie. Well, uh, it's really that's a little harsh. Uh, uh, the judgment's a little harsh there because uh, a great deal of what you're seeing there is the coaching. Uh, they've really got him handcuffed. The offense that they're running is is just horrible, especially for for a player like that. And uh, I give him credit. I mean, other than the prior week, he threw four interceptions. But prior to that, he's been really good at ball control and not turning, you know, not turning the ball over and things like that. Um, so you know. He's yeah, maybe just, they he's didn't gonna, give him permission to audible. Maybe that's they said that's, no audibles. That's really how it's running there. They're they're running a, a, a really tight, horrible offense, in my opinion, and um, and they don't give him any leeway really to do. I mean, that was part of what made him a great quarterback in college. Was he was one of those quarterbacks? He would run the ball and he would create a lot of havoc in the in the defense, and then he would capitalize on that. And they just absolutely are not letting him do that kind of stuff so uh well and i still yeah. don't think again i'm judging this off of watched him watching him for one game but he didn't appear to be uh up with the speed of the nfl yet uh he just he hasn't quite realized he's not in college anymore yeah well there's certainly some of that i mean there, there's certainly he's got some growing to do but um but you know he's he's okay he for where he's at he's he's not bad and he's um uh, you know he's progress progressing like he should. Uh, it, it's just I, I hope the off season's good. I don't really know that he's ever going to progress like he should in Denver. I don't think they really are sold on him, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'll be curious to see what next year's like. I was talking with uh, Pete in the chat room, the Elmanovi chat room earlier today, and, and he's a you know he lives in Denver, so he's sort of contractually obligated to be a Denver fan. Uh, right. He was complaining about the fact that his wife made him promise to go to the playoffs if they made it, and he agreed, thinking they'd never make it. And so now he's got to go sit out in the cold and 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 watch his team lose. Um, right. And I said something. I said, well, you know, uh, Pittsburgh got a fairly porous defense here lately, and people have been, put, been putting up a lot of points on him. And he reminded me that uh, they couldn't even put up seven points against, uh, or only not more than seven points against uh, Kansas City. So uh, right. it's going to have to be pretty porous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep in mind that is the team, the team that beat Green Bay. So that's true. Uh, so you know they're not all horrible, but uh, yeah, there's there's no way Denver wins that game. So <laughs> unless God is on his side. Right. Right. Yeah. It's going to take multiple miracles that day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, enough about sports. Uh, uh, Sean, uh, I introduced him. He came over to our house for New Year's Eve, and uh, yes. I introduced him to uh, a, a trick that we've been playing on our kids for a couple of years, and that is um, my kids are young. The oldest is nine and uh, the seven and three, and uh, and they we don't want them staying up till midnight. It would be unpleasant if they did stay up till midnight the next day. Of course, the next day was Sunday. We had church, so... Um, I wasn't going to let them stay up to midnight, so we just picked the time zone because, you know, it's New Year's Eve every hour of the day pretty much somewhere. So we yeah. celebrated New Year's Eve or New Year's Day with the Brazilians at 8 p.m. Central Time and blew our little horns and, and popped our little firecrackers, and they went to bed at 8.15, and it was a, a nice, cozy night uh, with the family. <laughs> yeah, that worked out really well. Um, and that's the first time that my children have 
experience New Year's because they're so young. You know, mine's five and 15 months. So um, I just was in the habit of, you know, we just didn't even really observe it. I didn't even let them know that anything special was going on because then they would probably want to try to stay up or at least my five-year-old would. Uh, but yeah, when you mentioned that, and this was before I was even, uh, planning on going over to your house, you had said something about that. And I thought, gosh, what a great idea. You know, you get to let them know what it's all about, you know, blow the horns and have a little bit of fun, but, uh, not keep them up too late. So, yeah, uh, I have a friend who's a, a youth minister at a church and he had a, a great idea with, for his uh, youth group. And he said, you know, don't you hate it when you get together at, you know, hang around for five hours, then you have a big celebration for 15 seconds and everybody goes home. So right. what he did was they celebrated, uh, I think it was five or six different New Year's, and in the tradition of the countries whose New Year it was. So oh, they, okay. they broke plates with the Greeks, and they they you know did other stuff that that you that people would do in other cultures. And I thought that was great. So they had like five or six different New Year's celebrations in different styles between like six p.m. and, and midnight. Yeah, great little. Uh, I guess learning opportunity there. That's pretty cool. And and better than just sitting around eating chips and dips all night and then going, woohoo, it's New Year's, and then going home. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that would be fun to do even as an adult, you know, if you had an adult party at your house or something. Yeah, I'm not uh, a big New Year's guy. It's a one-second holiday. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like ascribing value to random days. You know, other days we have a reason to celebrate. You know, it's it's um, somebody's birthday or somebody's death day or something like that. But uh, New Year's is just, ah, let's right there. That's the day we're going to call it a new year. Let's celebrate. Right. <laughs> well, that's, you know, there's more to it than that. You're, 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 it's wishes for a prosperous new year. You know, it's it, you're a little too cynical for all of that. <laughs> well, I'm too literal is what it is. It's not yeah. cynical, it's literal. <laughs> I want to know whose death day you celebrate. Uh, St. Valentine, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Oh, okay, okay, day. okay, I got you. Yeah, there are lots I of thought, death days we celebrate. I thought you were like old Aunt Millie, you know, glad she's gone. <laughs> no, if you think about holidays as what they really are, we often celebrate death days. Right. <laughs> so anyway, okay, moving right along to something tech-related. Um, so, Sean, you are uh, relatively new to this this world of of uh, education tech, but you've certainly dealt with with the stuff we're going to talk about in different uh, worlds before. Back in your finance world, and and uh, sure. you worked in the used car world, so uh, you definitely had trust issues there. I'm going to assume. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, we just kind of sort of cobbled together a list of of some people who are vying for your trust, and the pros and cons of each. And so we're just going to go down the list, and uh, guys who are watching on the live stream, if you have some comments or questions, uh, shoot them out there, and and uh, we will uh, let your voice be heard. But the first people who often are vying for your attention are vendors, people who are trying to sell you something. And as a general rule, I don't ever trust anybody who's trying to sell me something. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate i dealt with like you said in finance i dealt with a lot of vendors and um those, i love it how I, mean, I can just pitch you a ball and know that you're going to run with it yeah, yeah you know they, don't call me the greatest color man in the game for nothing <laughs> <laughs> now uh, uh yeah i mean absolutely you can't 
you can't really trust a vendor at all. You know, some people will say, well, I've been dealing – and this is, I think, a big mistake, but people get into that. Well, I've been dealing with this vendor for a long time. And, I mean, while I can understand you may build up a little bit of trust or, you know, over time there may be – you know, you have some sort of a relationship grow there. But things change in business all the time. And while you can have a you can have a vendor that you've been dealing with for 10 years – that has always done you right, has always been great and everything, but you don't know what's going on on their end and their business can change, their their leadership can change. A lot of things can happen in the background that you're not aware of. And so I'm one that I'm just, I'm always skeptical. Whenever I'm dealing with vendors, uh, you know, I'm always going to have somewhat of that kind of arm's length relationship with them uh, because you just never know when, when things can change. I know, Mark, you have, a vendor that you dealt with for quite a while that the relationships kind of soured here recently. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. without naming names. Right. Uh, but there are sometimes when, it, when you like certain vendors, like uh, I'm just going to name one CDW, for example, huge, huge middleman with uh, uh, lots of different products. I like to call up my rep at CDW and say, I have this problem I'm trying to f- solve, which among your vast array of, of people, can offer me solutions. And so they'll offer me something from 3Com and something from HP and something from uh, over here, and then I can compare them. So in that case, they could be a great resource. But they're they're always going to point you to the one with the highest margin for them. That's their job. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how they put food on their table. We shouldn't vilify them for it. If you were in their job, you would do the same thing. But right. you need to understand that they have a vested interest in in helping you choose a specific product over another. But where a vendor can be very helpful uh, is if the vendor um, wrote the standard or wrote the the equipment or or the the you know that sort of thing. Like if if Microsoft says there's a certain way to do something, and you're using Microsoft stuff, you've already made that decision, or somebody else has made that decision. Uh, in that case, sometimes doing things the Microsoft way is the best way to do it, or at least the most supported way to do it. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So it's not always a bad thing to say, the person who's selling me this, I don't want to trust. But you do need to understand that uh, you're almost never going to get an unbiased opinion out of them. Right, right. Yeah, that's and that's kind of what I was saying is, you know, you you still have to do your homework in those situations. Um, you can't ever trust that they truly have your best interest at right. heart. Well, so. and they don't. And and. You know, you call me cynical or jaded, but it's just reality. They don't have your best interest at heart. They have enough of your best interest that you remain a customer at heart. Right. And so they will help you insofar as you buy their product. But if the if the true answer, the real solution is a product they don't sell, you will never hear about it. So it's never going to be so much what they tell you, but is but what they omit that is important. Right. Uh, and another yeah. another thing we have down here on the list, uh, people who will try to uh, sway you in in whatever it may be, we're, we, you know, be it business purchasing decisions or um, infrastructure or whatever decision you might need to make, are the experts. There's a lot of people who call themselves experts. There are pundits. Like we live in education, right? It's an expert-driven world. We have all of these. You know, we have this particular style of of pedagogy because this group of experts says we should. We have this test because this group of experts says we should. We use this software because this group of experts recommend it. Trouble is, again, experts almost always have a vested interest 
in selling you something one way or the other. Right. If it's a product or an idea, they, they have something that they believe in. I, I always think of experts more as prophets than experts. They are prophets of whatever their religion may be. If they are, you know, Microsoft prophets, then that's what they are. If they're, if they're uh, Apple prophets, then that's what they are. And they're going to tell you their version of the truth, and it will be truth as they see it. But the trick is to be a good old-fashioned um, cynic about it. Well, a, a problem with people like that is generally they're so focused that they don't have kind of that global view. And while they may know their one little corner of the market, you know, inside and out, and that's great, um, there may be something better out there that they're wholly unaware of because it's outside of their little world, you know? Right. Well, and, you know, in a way, we set ourselves up as experts on this show. We're the the tightwads, the experts in doing things the tightwad way. But my way of doing things doesn't always scale. So right. even in that situation, you can find that your faith falters a little bit. You know, I have this this way that I know is right, but what's right for my um, group of 800 users might never work for a group of 80,000 users. And so you got to, I think the important thing in making any decision, if you're um, or if you're making a recommendation to somebody who makes the final decision, is to be aware of your situation first and foremost. I think a lot of people don't actually know their own environment. They don't really know their they know their org chart, but they don't really know who's in charge. You know, they know their policies, but they don't know the way things are really done. Right. You, you get my point. I sure do. So it's, it's about, you got to be aware so that you can make the right decision. And sometimes, you know, to, to quote, uh, Rudyard Kipling, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, then you will be a man, my son. Uh, sometimes that's what you have to do because in our position, oftentimes everybody around you is losing their head and blaming it on you. Well, and I think that's a good point too, is, uh, being decisive like that because, uh, so often you can you can consult all the powers that be, everybody out there, all the experts and everything else, and you're going to get nine different stories. You know, you're not going to. It, I see it all the time, right? And I know you, you know what I'm talking about, Mark. But somebody's got a problem they need to solve, and they put it out there to everybody, and they're trying to get an answer. And what they get is a hundred different answers, right? And, and none of which are the answer to the question, right? And so. Uh, in the end, you know, all you can do is consult all of the information that's available to you and then be decisive and make a decision. I mean, that's just good leadership. You know, what a great example is of what you're talking about is, is I'm having problem with my Apple core. It's not working right. Can anybody help me? Oh, we only use pears here. You really shouldn't be using apples. Pears are the way, way to go. Oh, we never core right. our apples. We only <laughs> stew our apples. We we find the core have, here's all this research that shows the core has the most of the nutrients in it. Nobody answered the question that was asked. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty typical. <laughs> that's about 99% of all forum posts out there <laughs> right. in the world. <laughs> You're an idiot for even eating apples. Persimmons are the way to go. Uh, all right. So uh, on to what I think is really the, the meat of where uh, most people should probably be getting their information. And that would be peers, right? Right. Your industry colleagues, those who do what you do 
every day. That's where we here at the that the Tightwad Tech set ourselves up as experts because we're in the trenches with you. Right. Yeah. So we would be probably one of those one of those resources, and uh, I, I doubt that there's any resource that's definitive. But um, yeah, uh, and you know I. And one that's really killing me right now because I haven't gone in and updated all my information, but, uh, you know, trade organizations. Does that make sense, Mark? Did I say that right, I guess? Your Uh, industry peer groups. Yeah. Right. So, you know, here in Texas, we've we've got, uh, well, there's uh, the TCEA, the Texas Computer Educators Association. Right. Uh, but you know, there you can become a member for relatively cheap and get on a, a listserv and, uh, and then you've got, uh, hundreds of your peers, people out there that are doing the same thing you're doing that you can call on. You can also watch their conversations, you know, as people are asking questions. Uh, so, uh, I think that's one of the greatest resources you can have out there is, is being a member of those types of organizations. And even if you're, your organization won't pay for those fees, it may very well be worth you paying it out of pocket. Right. I'm a big believer in professional organizations and and conventions and things of that nature because that's your time and your opportunity to get out of your hole. You know, we're, we I mentioned earlier in the trenches, we're, we, we live in trench warfare. Sometimes it's nice to climb out of the trench and walk around and maybe see the way other trenches do it. And if, right. you, if you belong to a, a, a professional organization, you get that kind of exposure, particularly if they have a convention or a meeting or a conference of some kind. I like to go to as many conferences as I can afford to um, because that's where the best ideas are often floated. And let me tell you this, the best ideas are almost never in the session rooms. The best ideas are in the hallways and in the, the, the ad hoc meetings around the lunch table. Those are the best ideas. Uh, but you can also simulate that somewhat, you know, by uh, the email lists and, and those sort of things that, that Sean was talking about. But I, I think that if you want to be a leader in whatever you do, you need to be a part of the professional organization and you need to uh, mix and mingle with other people who do that. And you can do that virtually. We do that every week. Well, almost every week uh, here on, on this show and in our, in our podcast. We... Um, bring in other people, other ideas, and sometimes they're here with us, and sometimes it's just their emails and and forum posts, but there are great ways to interact with other people, and I think that's a really good idea. I think when we started the the original question here, who can you trust, often those are the people you can trust because they have the same problems you do. Right, and they also don't necessarily have uh, their own vested interest. If you ask them a question, uh, even though they may not always answer the exact question you ask, uh, they're, they're doing so, uh, you know, not for profit or any other, you know, thing like that. So, uh, you know, you, you can at least trust that they're trying to do the best by you. Right. And the, the next thing that you need to be aware of, uh, is the people who are affected by the decision you're trying to make. Okay. So we're, uh, I'm a technology coordinator at a school district. If I'm trying to evaluate a situation, or a product, or a problem, the people I can trust is the people who are going to be affected by it, to some extent, the teachers, right? I need to go to them and say, how is this really going to affect you? Or here's what I'm thinking about doing. Here's how it would work. What are your thoughts on that? Because these are 
you know, nobody works in a vacuum. We're all part of a team. And oftentimes the decision makers forget that. I know I've certainly experienced that. The decision makers above me forgot that I was on their team. Um, and, and we need to be careful as leaders ourselves not to be um, guilty of that, that we need to talk to people and say, you know, how is this affecting you? What do you think? They may not have the vocabulary, you know, if they're teachers and you're a tech, they may not have the tech vocabulary to tell you exactly what they need, but they can define the problem clearly. Right. Yeah, and that that's probably the biggest mistake I see a lot of people make is they will discount the teachers in that equation. And I, I know that if you work on the tech side, you're so very used to teachers uh, kind of having their own ulterior motives as well. You know, there's certain things, you know, if uh, iPads are, are a great example, you know, there's such a hot topic right now that a teacher is willing to just about say anything if they think it'll get them a set of iPads in the classroom. Uh, so you have to, you know, you have to keep that in mind. But the problem that I see a lot of techs make is that that's what's at the top of their mind whenever they're talking to a teacher. And so they really shut out anything else that the teacher's saying. And Mark, I think you made a great point. If you can get a teacher to define what their problem is to you, then you can you can better come up with a solution for that. And uh, rather than say, what do you want? But what is the problem that you're having? What are you know? What is it that we're we're trying to accomplish here? And if you do that uh, without being uh, hardware or software specific, then you can at least make a, a more informed decision from that point forward. And then you, of course, got to turn that around and work the other side of that equation, which is your administrator. Right. Right, Mark. Yeah. Right, so we're talking, you know, the expertise that we have, the the from the mindset of tax. But this is true if you work in a factory that, that makes widgets or if you're, you know, a, a salesman that, that sells soap bubbles. You know, wh- whatever you do, these dynamics are in play. Um, and, and we tend to create an adversarial mindset within organizations. Uh, often the tech guys have this us versus them mentality with the users. There's the, the lowly users and we laugh at them and we scoff at them. We're superior to them. We're the administrators. And I've certainly seen a lot of people in my, you know, 20 years or so of doing this that fit that mode. And, and some of them have been on this show before and, and, um, have, have really had that haughty attitude. And I think that it behooves us all to, to remember that no matter who you are, you're somebody's servant. That's why you have your job, because you're you're hired to to serve somebody in some way. If you're not a servant, you're either retired or unemployed, um, because that's how our economy works. You serve somebody to make a living, right? Uh, you know, even athletes they serve to entertain us. You know, we spent 15 minutes talking about Tim Tebow. He is our servant in that regard, and so uh, it's important to remember that when you're making these decisions. But it's also important to remember that there are people um, who's, uh, who, who can make your head roll, right? You're, 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 not, you're not only a servant, but you're, you, know, you, you can be a replaced. Nobody is irreplaceable. And so you've got to look at the upper administration, too, and you've got to talk to them. And again, um, you can't always trust what they say because particularly in schools, things tend to be ideologically driven. Some superintendent goes to a conference and talks to other superintendents and comes back with all these ideas that must be implemented. 
Um, we at my particular school, we are running um, uh, Microsoft Office uh, across all platforms when we weren't because a superintendent got to talking with other superintendents and said, Microsoft is what you have to have. We were using open office and we turned out like, I think six classes of graduates using that. And none of them were, as far as I know, are walking the streets for want of the ability to make uh, clippy, the, the paperclip work. But <laughs> he went to a meeting and it had to be Microsoft office. Therefore we spent our entire budget one year purchasing Microsoft office because that's the way it had to be. And so sometimes you have people foisting things on you, but again, it's, it's, you need to be careful about having that adversarial attitude because those people are also, they have that position for a reason and, and they have a view that you don't. Um, right. Here's an example I like to use. Sean, we've all done this, right? Sean, have you ever been on a 15 passenger van with 18 people in it? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. There's always <laughs> one person sitting down in front between the driver and the passenger looking at the air conditioner vents, right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Now, do you want to ask that guy for directions? <coughs> no. If you want your radio station changed, that's the guy you talk to. You know, if you're too hot or too cold, that's the guy to talk to you, but you don't ask him to navigate. And so <laughs> you got to understand where you fit in the organization. Almost none of us are the driver. And sometimes in some situations, we're the guy between the seats staring at the air conditioner and you actually have to trust other people to tell you uh, the big picture and to tell you what they see. Yeah. Excellent follow-up, Sean. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> in Sean's defense, I have seen a small person pop up on his camera a couple of times. He's not alone. and He's doing the daddy thing right now. Right. I am. Yeah, I'm juggling uh, being a dad and being a, uh, a host, co-host at the same time. So I'm not entirely sure he heard anything I just said. He just know that I said Sean, and he went, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'm I agree sitting in the middle Air conditioning vents, sure. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good analogy. Maybe it missed the mark. No, it was. It was. It was good. Uh, and then the next person that I have on my list that that will try to influence you, you may or may not need to trust them, but they have a lot of sway, and that's the bean counters, the people who control the purse strings. Um, you have to listen to their opinion. You may or may not be able to trust them, but you cannot ignore them. Right. Yeah, that uh, Mark, you've touched on a few things that kind of come into the whole being part of a team sort of mentality, and uh, I I don't know how else to say it other than you you have to work with these people. It's it's funny how often you you're talking with that guy who always has like a bone to pick with everybody, and he's the tech guy. And then he doesn't understand why he can't get the teachers on board. He can't get the accounting people on board. He can't get his administrators on board or anybody else. And it's because the whole time he's not doing, he's not performing any kind of actual teamwork with any of those people. And what happens when you create that situation is those people actively work against you. So when you're trying to institute something, you're never going to get a push through. So you got to always work with these people. You always, always have to be able to, you know, so, sometimes make a concession um, you know, it can't all be your way. And that's why I see a lot of those, you know, the, the neckbeard guys, it's like, it has to be their way or nothing. You know, it, it's a, it's a black and white universe and it just doesn't work like that in the real world. And those people never ask the question, who can I trust? Cause they know it, me, I'm the only one I can trust. 
Right. And if anything else, I hope that this show will dissuade that kind of thinking. Nobody, again, works in a complete vacuum. Um, you just, like I said, there'd be no reason for you to draw a paycheck if your decisions were only about you and only affected you. Right. Great follow-up there, Sean. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. what I'm here for. <laughs> and the next one I've kind of mentioned already, uh, but uh, we can't ignore them. And that's 800-number-obsessed upper management. And I say that because it's all that, that nobody ever got fired for buying IBM thing. Uh, people want um, assurances. And for some reason that I don't understand personally, and maybe you can help me out, Sean, but I don't understand it, is that people find um, – comfort and assurance in the ability to sit on hold with tech support um without going into too much detail i actually i can speak a little bit more on that now than i used to be able to and uh from what i'm seeing of that situation is it's people who are in over their heads a little bit they don't really have uh, they're in charge of systems that they really don't maybe necessarily have a, a great deal of expertise on and they need that. They need, they have to have that backup. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's like job security is really what it boils down to. I've been doing what I do for the better part of two decades. And I know that's a drop in the uh, bucket compared to some, and, and it's a lot compared to others, but I can count less than a dozen times in all the years I've been doing this, that an 800 number was helpful in any way. Yeah, but it, it's it's almost like a scapegoat in those situations. You know, when something bad happens and, you, you know, you've got this system, whatever system down that everybody needs and they can't, you know, the kids will not be educated today because the system is down. <laughs> yes, yes. Education uh, must stop. Yes. Right. Uh, they They have that 800 number to point back to. Well, we've called such and such XYZ company and they're working on it. And then it's, it's their problem. It's not anything we can fix internally. It's their problem and they're aware of it and they're working on it. Right. I'm waiting for a call that I'm right. not really sitting here playing free cell. I'm waiting for a call. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've had my eyes opened up to that a little bit and, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting kind of different little world. You know, when I was there with you, you know, for the most part, most of what was running there, we built, right? Y you know, and so we were, we were the tech support, you know, we've said that time and time again. So, uh, there was no 800 number to roll back on or anything else. It, you know, I mean, maybe, yes, we were frantically searching forums for an answer, <laughs> yes. but, but still it was, it was our baby. And, uh, I can say, and maybe it's a scale thing, like you were saying, Mark, but, uh, once you get to a certain point and I can't fault anybody for being like that. Nobody can be an expert across all systems. Uh, but um, that seems to be it. You know, there's a little bit more of a political politics playing uh, a hand in all of that. And, you know, you got to have that those 800 numbers as backup. And, you know, then you can fall back on it. It's not it's not your fault. It's that company's fault. You know, I, I so. just noticed. Are you wearing both an Element OP shirt and an Element OP hat? I am. I'm like totally on the, the blue pill today. <laughs> you are representing. You're like Zach and his Tebow stuff, man. You got yeah. it all over the place. That, I, I don't know. Maybe it was subliminal because, I mean, I put this stuff on at the beginning of the day. So I, I don't, I wasn't really, when I pulled it out, I wasn't thinking that we were recording tonight. But uh, 
maybe you know in the medulla umblagata umblagata <laughs> mama says alligators are upset because they got all them teeth and no smile right. <laughs> something like uh, that i don't remember what it was exactly uh, uh, just a quick diversion regarding element opie oh, swag if you too that wasn't a diversion right <laughs> if you too would like to wear um uh element opie hat and shirt you can do that in our store at uh, elementopi.com and there's a store button you can go there to our zazzle.com site uh, buy some really good stuff i've tried a number of their products it's one of the reasons i switched to them from cafe press their their stuff is better uh and um uh, it doesn't really support us in any way. I don't make any money off of it, but you become our billboard, and we appreciate that because people will look at that weird jumping jack guy in a shirt and go, what's that? And then you get to tell them about us. So right. just uh, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you said something um, that I wanted to comment on, and I'm vamping trying to remember what it was uh, because it was good, and I wanted to comment on it, and I've completely lost it. So would you go back and repeat everything you just yeah. said? And, and yeah, maybe well, I'll remember it's it. something along the lines of being uh, the politics of it all and having to have oh, that eight. Yes, there, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. you, you said nobody is an expert in all things. But let's take a company like Pearson. That's exactly what they're setting themselves up as. That's what they represent themselves as, experts in all things. Now, how well does that work for them? Not. I mean, uh, uh, Pearson handles all of the testing for the state of Texas now. Pretty much everything we do runs through them. And everything works perfectly 183 days out of the year. The only, two, <laughs> the only four days it doesn't work is testing days. Right. When we actually need their services, they don't work. I have never, ever, ever, ever. Now, these are strong words. I'm not speaking in hyperbole here. I have never had a testing day using a Pearson product where everything worked all day. It's never happened. So when you talk about who you can trust, and, and Sean stumbled into it by saying nobody is an expert in all fields. Anybody who tells you he is an expert in all fields immediately cannot be trusted. Yeah, that's a very good point, Mark. I, I agree with you. And that is uh i mean that's something that you should be able to sniff out in any sales pitch if they can tell you that oh yeah we can do that and oh yeah we can take care of that and you know you hear the sales guy like everything you throw at him is just yeah yeah no problem we can take care of that don't trust them right don't yeah. trust them. our system does everything you would need you don't need any other systems but ours we will do everything from from mopping your floors to doing your taxes we've got it covered run run away yeah yeah, or at least ask, you know, that's when I'd be like, okay, references, <laughs> you know, are there some right. solid third parties that, because I'm going to, I'm going to call on that at, at the very least, you know, call, talk to some people. And then of course it all breaks down from there. I've never, ever had it not break down from that point. You talk to some references and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Wait days to get a hold of somebody on the right. line, you know, and that, that again, that's goes across industries you know in the finance industry was the same way uh anybody who was selling themselves like that if you talk to some references uh, then it all fell apart yep okay and, and then and then you get back on the horn with the marketing guy and he's like well uh, uh hold on let me see if i, I can find somebody else for you right. to talk to right you know yeah again because it's what we started with vendors salesmen their job is to sell you a product their job is not to deliver that product they don't have to deliver on their own promises. 
And I'm not saying right. they're bad people. I'm just saying that's the nature of their job. Their job is to get you to spend money, and then they're done. You know, the best companies, uh, as far as marketing goes, the best ones I've seen uh, are the ones that they kind of perpetually uh, incentivize their their marketing guys based off the size of their portfolio so that once they land you, they have to actually keep you. Because a lot of marketing people, it's based off of like new sales, right. you know. But if, uh, some companies will incentivize their marketing people by the size of their outstanding portfolio. And then that person can become your ally. When you're not happy with something, you can call that marketing person and they'll actually be interested in helping you out rather than passing the buck and saying, well, you know, let me have you talk to our support people. Um, if, if it's a company that's run that way and, you know, you can actually try to dig that information out of your marketing guy. You know, how does he get paid? How, how is he making his money? And if, if you find one that's incentivized that way where they, they, you know, kind of get a residual income for you being their customer, uh, that's oftentimes a plus in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed to uh, mention companies by name. I mentioned CDW earlier as somebody I like to play against other people. CDI the uh, um, refurb people, uh, my experience with my rep at, at CDI, Elaine, has been exactly what you've talked about. Her her job seems to be, I've never asked her directly, to not just get me to buy stuff, but to keep me on her rolls and to keep me happy. And so she um, is actively engaged in trying to meet my needs. She, sometimes she can, sometimes she can't. But, uh, you know, she's just somebody that came to mind. And, uh, as, and of course, they were on the show uh, because I believed in them, who who have have gone out of their way to make customer service a priority. Right. You bring up another good point there, Mark, is uh, playing them against each other. So uh, all of these, if you're looking at a specific type of solution and there's three or four major players and you talk to them, you can actually play them against each other in that way too, where uh, you can let the one, you know, one know uh, ABC company know that, well, yeah, I've already talked to XYZ oh, yeah. and then you're going to hear it all come out. Well, they do this and that. And of course you have to take that with a grain of salt. You can't necessarily believe it all, but I do like to do that, play them against each other a little bit because you do get to, it, it will give you a little bit more information to go off of. Yeah, so. and and it depends on the situation. You know, I don't know the rules in all the states and, and certainly in other countries, but in Texas, there are some situations where you have to do things by a sealed bid. You know, nobody knows what it is until there's this grand opening and you literally have like an open forum and you open all the envelopes at one time. Other things can be done open. I like to do things open as much as possible because then I can go to company B and said, here is the quote that company A gave me. Let me fax it to you. For some reason, email never works. Let me fax it to you. Right. <laughs> and and you can see it. And then they'll come back and either say we can match it or we can't. And then I'll take that back to company A and say, all right, look, here's the deal they just offered me. Here's the equipment they're offering me. And and it, and that works. Everybody wins in that situation. Even the, uh, the, the people that you're playing off against each other, they get to show you how good they are. And so it's a, it's, I think it's a win-win situation. It's true, true capitalism at its best. Well, yeah, and even the one who doesn't win the bid, they get a little bit more information into why they're not winning those bids, and then you know maybe they go back and you know change some things. So. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, that was everything on my list, Sean. Do you have anything else under the... Uh, we sort of started with just this nebulous question, who can you trust, and, and sort of developed it out of our experiences and, and what we've heard from others. Uh, right. Do you have any, anything else that we missed? No, I think that covers it pretty well. Awesome. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we will say uh, how you can get more information about... No, wait. No, I forgot no? the tech tips and the teacher yeah. tips. Um, <laughs> the, the reason I forgot is I don't have a tech tip. Right. Uh, I told you a couple of episodes ago I was out. I'm still out because I've been on vacation and I haven't... Uh, <laughs> I was starting to say I haven't well, done anything. I did like 12 podcasts while I was on vacation, but I haven't come up with any tech tips. I'm going to defend you a little bit though too is, you know, you don't want to just... Because you could easily go out there and just surf the internet for 15 or 20 minutes and find something, but uh, I'm, Mark, I know that's not you. I mean, you, if you're going to find something, you're going to find something that is pretty good and worthy of being a tip. I try to always recommend things that I have used. There have been a few times I've said I haven't used it, but I try to always recommend things that I've used. So right. um, I haven't had any new tools in my toolkit, but as soon as I do, um, I'll let you know. And, and you guys listening, you can let me know too. Um, if you've got a tip that you have used and you trust, I will trust you. And, and I'll put it on the air. Sounds good. Well, with that said, I'll jump in with the teacher tip. And uh, this week it is poraora.com. So uh, P-O-R-A-O-R-A.com. Uh, this site is an online 3D educational world. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it's sort of or like what people have been trying to do with Second Life, only this is designed for it. Right. And, you know, uh, and that's exactly it. I've seen a lot of discussions where teachers – kind of bemoan second life because they love the idea of it, but they didn't really, you know, it's obviously not a place that you would want to put children into. Uh, that's what Pora Aura is. It's, it's a second life type of 3D uh, world, but it's for education. It's for, it's for children. So, uh, uh, you know, you get to go in there and they can pick kind of cool little avatars and the whole idea of like, you can make money. They call them ru ruby or rubles. I'm sorry, rubles uh, in there. R O O B L E S. Uh, but you can earn rubles and experience points and things like that to to buy virtual things. So you can you know buy a house and furnish that house and all that kind of stuff. But the motivation to actually be able to uh, acquire these things is you have to go out and play the all of these educational games that they have in in this world um, so you level up by gaining wisdom and creativity and exploration points uh, so uh, pretty cool uh, I would say you know it's not for all age ranges it's probably somewhere between fourth and seventh grade maybe maybe even eighth grade uh, children can interact quite a bit uh, and you can interact with children all around the world um, to set up an account, a, uh, basically have to set up a, a parent or a teacher account first, and then you can set up any number of child accounts underneath that. And you, you are in charge of those accounts and you can, you know, uh, cut them off or whatever. If, uh, it, you know, if you don't see them acting right, uh, I would say with anything like this, you obviously have to be careful. You got to go check it out and everything. And it, you have to really watch the kids in there because not even, you know, maybe there's no, uh, you know, Charles, Charles, the molester in this world, but, uh, you know, it's still a type of place where kids can bully other kids and things like that. And in a cyber world like that, where kids aren't face to face, I think there's a greater chance of something like that happening. So I would say if you have kids going in there and using poraora.com, uh, 
keep a keep a close eye on it. Uh, but it's certainly neat, something worth taking a look at. I was just reading through the the frequently asked questions as you were talking. It looks like they use a freemium model. Uh, you you get certain stuff if you pay for it. You don't get it if you don't. But there'll always be free a free element to it. And there's a whole right. parent portal there where you can uh, choose whether or not they can send and receive private messages or or public messages. You can see who the the child's friends are. Uh, you can see what they've been doing in the in the game. You've got different levels of moderation. Um, uh, there's a question here. Uh, you can even get them to send you an email every day summarizing what the child has done so you don't have to log into the, the computer. So uh, um, it, it sounds like they've really thought that through. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, better than anything else I've seen. And uh, But, you know, I still throw that out there because I think uh, too, time, too many times – uh, we can be naive about these things and think, well, okay, they've done a great job of creating this sort of walled garden, and so I don't have to worry about uh, child molesters being in there or whatever. Which you know, yeah. I, I, I think you probably right, and I, I think you probably still have to keep an eye out for that kind of activity, anyways. But this is moderated, and of course, you moderate it as well. Um, Pora Aura also moderates uh, the activity as much as they can. But, uh, yeah, but the first thing that pops into my mind is, you know, how vicious kids can be to each other when they don't think anybody's watching. Yeah, so, uh, given the opportunity to be stupid, every child will take it. So, right. you know, <laughs> you, you can't eliminate all possibility for them being stupid. So you got to watch out for it and, right. and hopefully minimize the opportunity. I, one of my favorite uh, things I like to say is I hate stupid people and I hate it worse when I'm stupid people. <laughs> um, and that happens more often than I'd like to admit. Right. Yeah. So, you know, with that said, check it out. Uh, poraora.com. All right. And thank you for that teacher tip. Um, and so that's, that's where I'm going to, uh, leave it right there for, uh, tips and I will get to the contact section. You guys have heard all this before you're listening to this podcast. You got it from somewhere. So, uh, go to wherever you got it from and click a link somewhere. <laughs> so it's elementop.com is, uh, where you can get in contact with other people like you. That's the most important part. I think of anything we do is the forums there, the community, the opportunity to be with other people. We've got, uh, um, let me, quick look here eight or nine people or six people now in the chat room uh with us as we're going and we've got uh, people in the forums posting and and you want to be a part of that community I'm, I'm i'm telling you you want to be a part of that community because that's that's the the real the back end of what sean and i do here we come here and we pontificate once a week but the real work happens there at elementop.com so check us out there um also i want to mention again the element op um mobile app uh, the Android version is there. Today, I got hold of a Mac. I borrowed a friend's Mac, uh, got through the process, and then Apple kicked it back and said there was some sort of certificate error. So uh, even oh, after wow. finally getting hold of a Mac, I don't have it done yet. And then, yeah. so once I finally get that done, who knows when that'll be, and it'll probably be another month before they approve it. So uh, all you uh, Apple users, uh, don't hold your breath, but I'm working on it. Or not Apple users, but iPhone users. Uh, so... That's how you can contact us, and uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Sean, you have anything else to say? No, just looking forward to a new year. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Right. 2012. And uh, I don't uh, do a lot of, of personal pleas or, or anything like that, but I just want to take a minute uh, at the end of this show and, and remind you of what I've told you before. I am looking for a job. If anybody out there 
has a job <laughs> or knows where I can find a job, I would appreciate it. Honestly, it's uh, uh, my wife has been out of work now for several months, and I could use a change in a venue. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Hopefully, the Elman Opie Army can help me out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, great opportunity to get you uh, get you in the trenches, so to speak. Yeah, I don't need any more than two hundred thousand a year. Uh, you know, <laughs> so you can have me pretty cheap. Uh, the professor asks, "What's your location?" Uh, I would I would further uh, add on to that. What is it, what are the constraints of your location? <laughs> because you know you're probably not going to find anything where you're right at right now. Well, I live and work in the the Dallas area. But at this point, I'm willing to locate anywhere within the U.S. I'm, I'm not entertaining overseas travel just yet. But uh, uh, relocation at this point is something I have to seriously consider. So if you you know, work in Iowa and know that we're from Texas and think, well, he would never come work here, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't be too right. hasty to judge there. Yeah, given the, given the right package. Right. Yeah, right. that might take 210000 for that. <laughs> I hear Iowa's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I like corn. <laughs> so, Sean, how was this show? This was a great show. I'm glad you approved. And so, having said that, I will simply say that this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.